You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, Hooligans? Unreasonable Odds podcast. The actual crew is back for the first time in about, I don't know, five weeks. March Madness is over. That means I am invited back to my own podcast. Julian has been at the helm for weeks now. And you know what? Give credit where it's due. He did an exquisite job. We had a number of high-profile guests on. Nobody that I can bring in. Although you and I did get verified the other day, so now we are a little bit more legitimate. But uh, Julian at the helm... I'm doing an intro. Um, so it's a blue check mark. Box. I, yeah, I know. I shouldn't distract you. You haven't done an intro in like two months. So I know if I say something, but, it might throw you off. But I will say you did very well at the helm, kind of writing the ship of this podcast. But now we're back into baseball. I'm here again. Talk a little baseball, talk a little NBA, talk about a little bit of everything here on the Unreasonable Odds podcast as we divulge into the absolute mess that's been the NBA. Talk about the early trends here in MLB. So let's just get right into it. Let's start with some baseball chat. By the time you're watching this, the majority of baseball games will basically be over because for whatever reason, when they start in April, they have to do all these early games. Like, I don't know what they're trying to prove, like to make a point. I have no idea, but personally, I don't like all these early games because when, they, when nighttime rolls around, I want something to watch. There's like nothing on because I'm not, you know, not a big NBA guy. I'm very big in baseball, though. If a baseball game starts at three, it's going to end at the same time a seven o'clock basketball game ends. What's the difference? <laughs> True. But that's when I'm, you know, that's like when my day is like started to come to a close and I want to kind of chill. There's really nothing on. But let's talk about some of the early trends that have gone on here in baseball. Um, and this is going to lead me to a new segment that we're doing here on the show. I'm very excited for I can't it. You believe be we're going to leave this. We are going <laughs> to leave our, this. One of our weakest all-time segments. No, it's not. This is going to be one of our best segments because it's called Quest for the West. And let's talk about one of my favorite teams in MLB right now and the Seattle Mariners and how they're going to take down the AL West. I said this before the season started. I told that all you like fools. was like four days ago. <laughs> I, I said this for weeks. I told all you fools to get on that now. But luckily for record? them... Right. Well, so yeah, they're three and three right now. So luckily for them, they're playing a little bit of possum and you can actually get them at a better number because on opening day, they were 26 to one to win the West. Now they're 33 to one. So if you were kind of, you know, a little iffy about it, now you can get a little bit of a better number. But let me tell you, it's not going to stay that way for long. And it's funny, too, because like I was getting like random DMs from like, you know, these losers who are like, oh, 
great job picking the Mariners. You're an idiot. Oh, why? Because what was your rebuttal? That the Oakland Athletics were going to make some noise? Yeah, they're one in six. Okay. Hey, how's it going down there? The bottom of the division. Not looking too hot, huh? That team's going to sell off. No problem. They're going to be sellers probably by, you know, May 15th. We'll give that a month or so. Houston Astros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing their thing. Five and one. Fluke. Not going to stay that way. Wait, watch out for the Mariners. Three and three. But if you want to get on the train now, if you don't want to be left behind, if you don't want to be looking at the caboose of the train leaving the station, now would be the time at 33 to one. And look at the schedule they got coming up. Twins, Orioles, Astros. That Astros series, that's when they jump up in the standings. That's when they what become are, number are one. Are the Astros up? Are the Astros doing really well? I don't Astros, are, Astros are five and one. They're minus 125. Okay, I was say, so, so one team had to have a hot start if yeah. the Mariners, who were projected to go about 10 games or 20 games below 500. Uh, no, I'm just doing math. If the Mariners, who were projected to go 20 games below 500, uh, start three and three and go from 26 to one to 33 to one, that means somebody is like practically yet to lose in the division. Uh, a 500 team at 33 to one, that makes, that makes a little bit of sense. I'll say wait until if you're watching this on Thursday or listening on Thursday, you might as well wait for uh, Barrios to mow them down today. And then when they're three and four at 35 to one, then you take them. Barrios, we don't care about him. They'll, pro- they'll probably get him out of the second inning. Because that team is elite. 12K shutout in his first uh, first start. I mean, everybody has a good day once in a while. Who cares? Just let me just just let it be known. You know, this is probably your last opportunity to get him at a really good number. So 33 to 1, you'll cash a lot of money later on. But we're going to be doing this weekly. So whether you like it or not, I don't care. Because this is our podcast, not yours. Just get on the train and be quiet. Let's talk about some of the other trends going on in MLB. I liked this podcast better when it was my podcast. No. Well, you know, the number the numbers will reflect that, okay? Let's talk about some of the uh, numbers going on in the MLB right now, some betting trends that you can kind of look at. One thing I wanted to bring up, and it's very, very early, so, you know, I don't want to get too much into this, but one of the storylines coming into this season was, that, you know, they were changing the baseball. They are changing the baseball, and basically what scientists said, you know, they took a break from COVID. They started looking at baseballs. What scientists said was that once the ball reached about 375 feet, it would start to die down one to two feet after that. So I said, you know what? If a ball's traveling 375 feet, if it's not to dead center, it's probably gone anyways. So what's the difference? But when looking at some of the over-unders so far this season, only 11 teams right now have a better than 50% um, average of hitting the over thus far. So we've seen a lot of unders. So it kind of got me thinking a little bit. And Blake Snell was somebody that kind of was talking about this. Him and I were in an ESPN article. It's not a big deal. But Blake Snell was saying that he liked the new baseball because it was a little bit lighter, but it was helping him snap off pitches more effectively. So a lot of his breaking pitches were getting more movement. So my question to you, and this is kind of what I'm thinking, do pitchers have the more, more of an advantage now because they're the ones handling the baseball. They're the ones that are kind of, you know, able to do things that maybe they weren't able to do as effectively last year. And again, it's early, you know, everybody's still kind of getting into game mode, but at least in the early going from an over under perspective, looks like pitchers are having the advantage at this point. I mean, that's what 
the numbers kind of said in spring training and that's what pitchers were saying in spring training. So that's what I was going to trust. Not that it's going to make this massive impact on games. We've seen plenty of high scoring games. We've seen some some massive overs at Coors field as usual at times. Um, I just, if the pitchers say it's helping them, then it's helping them. If science says it's going to lead to less home runs, then it's going to lead to less home runs. So I'm a believer in that. Um, I don't necessarily know what it means because the, if there's a time to take advantage of it, it was last week. It's now Uh, it's going to be early because numbers will adjust very, very quickly. Um, I'm more interested rather than trying to take advantage of, the ball and what that means for a total. I'm kind of more interested and this might've been what you were going to bring up next. I'm more interested in trying to take advantage of maybe a live over in a tied game late. Maybe it's in the seventh or eighth inning. Um, Because (laughs) maybe there's only one more run in the game and a team, you know, it's whatever three to three, uh, in the eighth and the live total is seven and a half. So you need two more runs or whatever. Maybe a team hits a solo home run or gets a run around in the eighth or ninth and it's a four to three game. But if that game goes to extras at, at three to three, or maybe it goes to extras at four to four and you already win. But if it goes to extras at three to three, you're starting with a man on second base and the chances of getting, whether it be two runs from one team or As we saw, you know, we saw this in a Red Sox-Rays game the other night. I'm sure there's other examples. I'm not following every freaking baseball game because that's impossible. But loser. Or there's examples where top of the 10th, team gets that man on second round. Bottom of the 10th, team gets that man on second round. It's not that hard to do if you really need to do it to stay alive with no outs and a man on second. Um, So I think taking advantage of this runner on second thing kind of projecting or just having faith that a game will go to extras that's tied late and taking it over. I think there's something to that. Uh, you might lose some of them by, you know, bad luck ending in, in regulation, but I think you'll probably win more of them based on how these uh, extra innings are looking. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's where I was going to go to that. These live line bettings that, you know, obviously are available on the DraftKings Sportsbook. You can always check out the live lines there, but it's, it's a difference maker for those over-unders because, we are going to see the automatic guy in scoring position, no matter how you start. And if, if we didn't have that situation, you would see a drastic change in the line if that happened organically. If they didn't have that and somebody immediately hit a double and on there, obviously you'd see a dramatic uh, change in the lines. And now it's already built in. Now it's kind of part of the game. So that is something to definitely take a, keep a watch on here. And we've seen a couple teams already that have been doing well with the overs you know, in general, the Mets obviously had a slow start because of all the COVID issues with the Nationals. They're a perfect 3-0 and so far, hitting the over. The Reds, Astros, and Tampa Bay, all 5-1, and hitting the over so far. Amazingly, the Athletics are 5-2 and at hitting the over, but they're only 1-6 overall. So that kind of goes and kind of shows you how their pitching has been doing. And they're not winning the West anyway, so what do you care? But there's kind of something to keep a, a watch on there, too couple teams that have been putrid of hitting the over some surprising teams the Padres one in six we miss you Fernando Tatis Jr please come back soon for baseball and for my card collection the Cubs Blue Jays and Yankees all one in five 
on the over so far. So a lot of surprising offenses that we thought were going to do well, really kind of struggling out of the gate and hitting those overs. Now, again, it's very early. These numbers really don't want to take too much stock into them, but at least in some of the early trends, that's how it's looked so far. Houston also notable, a perfect 6-0 and on the run line so far this year. And I've been getting more wow. into that. I've been getting more into that lately, betting uh, the run line. But Houston, man, 6-0. and Cincinnati Reds, 5-1. and Those are your two best teams on the run line. Everybody has at least one win on the run line right now. Tampa Bay, Oakland, the only teams with one. But, yeah, man, Houston Astros, 6-0 and on the run line, covering by an average of five runs, by the way. So they're not just, like, barely getting it by. They're absolutely mashing. And it makes sense, too, because you look at how many uh, runs they're averaging on the season, 7.5 on the year, which is the second-best mark with the Cincinnati Reds at 9.5. Yeah, go ahead. Take a note. Write that down. Write that with the crayon. Looking up Astros scores. Oh, it's been crazy, man. They've been absolutely annihilating. Uh, so they really just dominated the A's in that first series. 8-1, 9-5, 9-1, 9-2. Absolute domination. Right. So that's obviously has a big part of it, but regardless, they're scoring runs and they're scoring a lot of them. So, you know, again, if you want to rise some of those trends, Houston Astros on the run line has definitely been a play so far. Um, I think it's been also somewhat notable about player props, especially this early in the year. You know, I love playing player props. If you're a daily fantasy player, obviously it's a shoe in. Because if you're doing the research for daily fantasy, you're basically doing the the um, the um, research for player props. But I think it's so important too, Julian. I, I wanted to bring this up that when we're in the early stages of the season, these should all be small plays. Like we're still gathering data, you know, good data that we can kind of look at as trends and whatnot. Numbers are going to fluctuate so much as the, as the um, as the season goes on. But I think it's so important. I really think this is for every sport too, basketball especially. You have to make sure that you're managing your bankroll correctly early in the season until we start getting some hard data. And I think baseball is another perfect example of that so far. Well, I, for me, like, you know, it's fun to, you get excited when baseball arrives for some people that are casual baseball fans like myself, it's for more reasons. It's kind of like Springs here this year with what's going on in the world, uh, having summer here with where, you know, we're at with, you know, vaccinations and everything. I think people are really excited for what, you know, opening day in baseball just stands for like, Hey, we're going to have a summer. Let's get outside. Let's have some fun. Um, you get excited. You want to make a couple plays. Yes. Very important to keep them small. I personally don't really start betting baseball that much until at least a month or two in for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, because if you follow our content on DraftKings, DraftKings Playbook, DK Live, anywhere, you see that I'm bogged down in NBA stuff. So I don't want to, the worst thing you can do is spend your whole day researching NBA and then say, oh, I want to make a baseball bet with no research (laughs) because you're going to lose. Right. Um, Now, when you have the time to research it, that's great. But baseball is a numbers-driven sport. When you have some, some data in front of you, you're going to do better. So I want a couple months of, of data to be able to make my bets, especially this year, because last year we had a weird 60 game season where I would say trusting 2020 numbers mean less than going to the numbers from the previous season, any other year. 
so yeah, I, I want to get some 2021 MLB fans in the stands, uh, 162 managing for 162 game long season. I want some of those numbers on paper before I really start getting into, uh, into baseball. Uh, before we move over to NBA, just want to call out a couple of um, pretty significant movements in some of the bets that you can still make, like, you know, like division winner after you do your Seattle Mariners bet for the AL West. I did want to point out in the NL West, the Dodgers are now minus 400 favorites to win the NL West. And I think obviously that has to do with A, their hot start and B, the loss of Fernando Tatis Jr. for the Padres, who are now plus 275 to win that division. No one even in the in the ballpark, no pun intended after that. The Giants are third and they're 50 to one. Like it's absolutely <laughs> insane that the third best odds in the NL West are now 50 to do one. We, do we have a timeline on Tatis? Um, so... <laughs> I mean, I think this is so ridiculous. And believe me, nobody wants to see him on the field more than I do, except maybe the Padres. But they're literally, they put him on the 10-day injured list, and it's kind of a wait-and-see approach. We're going to have him do rehab and see how he feels after that. And I'm like, that, that is just a disaster waiting to happen. Because he's had shoulder issues all throughout his career. So it's obviously something that's been an issue. They're hoping he can get through the season and then, abs- and then after that, do surgery. Now, according to the Padres medical staff, he should be able to go through the year without doing further damage, which just sounds horrible. Like this, that, that just sounds like an awful idea. I don't have a medical, you know, certification or certificate or, you know, whatever they hand you after you've done all that school and paid all that money. Like, here's your book. Now you can go get a job. But that just sounds like a, like a, a horrible idea. Like it, it's nobody wants him to be hurt. He's good for baseball, but it's like, you invested so much money for so many years. Like, just get it done now. Like, give him the surgery now so he can come back, you know, maybe in the postseason, definitely for next year, and then ride that wave after that. Like, they're so stacked to begin with. It's a loss, but it's not like a big loss like it would be for other teams. Like, if he was on, you know, like the Mets or if he was on the Red Sox or something like that, where it's like, okay, that's a massive loss. That yeah. can be somewhat covered up with the Padres. I think it kind of shows because obviously they made a long term investment in him. I think it kind of shows, uh, you know, you know how aggressive the Padres were this offseason to challenge this season. Yeah. So I think it kind of shows that they are still it's so early in this season that they're still dedicated to this season uh, and being able to challenge the Dodgers. So I don't I'm thinking may like you can't bet the Dodgers minus 400. So if anything, maybe it's the time to if you were thinking about taking the Padres before the season and didn't not an encouraging start, but like it's a long season and they have, they invested in pitching and pitching is what ultimately gets you there. Like they can figure out the offense uh, without Tatis. They have, you know, Machado still in the middle of that lineup and all those other bats. So I don't, I'm not betting on that division, uh, but if you, like to the Padres, maybe still like the Padres at a, at a better price. Um, and before we go to NBA, there's one thing that I do want to start compiling in MLB. Uh, and it's a pitchers to fade list generally on a first five inning bet or an opposing team, team total. If uh, generally not a full game bet, because you don't know, but either, 
take the other team on the first five when you see this guy on the mound or take the other team total because they're yeah. going to get it early against that pitcher or the bullpen is bad enough or whatever pitch to 13 inning game the night before or whatever is in a position where you can get those full game uh, runs. Um, one guy that's on it is Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> bad start to the season. And then he comes out again and is awful. And he was awful last year. He's done. He's a guy coming out against, you know, middle of the pack pitchers in pickums that yeah, take the so other bad. side. Uh, Matt Harvey is pitching today against the Red Sox. Eduardo Rodriguez, I haven't seen this dude pitch in two years. I'm not going to bet on yeah. the Red Sox, uh, but he's a guy that I, I can't back. Um, right. Red Sox offense heated up a little bit. Historically, they do well at Camden Yards, even though Mookie Betts is accountable for half of that offense. Uh, that's a guy I want to fade. You have a guy on the Blue Jays. Who did you do a team total against the other day? Oh yeah, it was against uh, Kyle Gibson, who ended up, you know, shutting him out, which was fantastic. No, no, I mean, no, that's... no. But you, you faded a, a pitcher on the Blue Jays, no? Or was it the Rangers? Somebody it was the it. yeah, it was the game yesterday. I had the first five, um, for the Rangers and Blue Jays. I won over four and a half runs. They only ended up with two because Kyle Gibson on the Rangers ended up like pitching like unbelievable after getting shelled uh, against the Royals. Like the Royals ended up. I'm sorry, the Rangers ended up with a five-run lead. He gave it right back in the first two innings, and then he comes out and just shuts out the Blue Jays. It was pretty remarkable. No, you didn't you fade somebody else? It doesn't matter. Come on. We get your points. Like we I'm looking for a pitcher's name that you faded. <sighs> this happened. I mean, it happens a lot. But I will tell you somebody I am fading today, and this is a play you can make today. 415. Brewers going against the Cardinals. Adam Wainwright. He's like 47 years old. He's still pitching for the Cardinals. The Cardinals go out, get Nolan Arenado. Still can't hit. Arenado's the only, only guy hitting in that lineup right now. But that's like a good first five-inning bet that you can make because if you want to take the Brewers to lead after the first five innings, it's 107 for that. If you want to just take on the first five innings money line, a little bit steeper at minus 155. But I have absolutely no faith in Adam Wainwright at all. So kind of to your point, Looking at those uh, first five, first three bets, those are definitely spots that you can take advantage of. Are you done looking? Like, this is not good content. Are you looking through my Twitter page, which is now verified? But thank you. I looked, <laughs> I looked at your Twitter page, which has been verified for one less day than mine has. <laughs> um, and I didn't see it there. But I think it's maybe Tanner Rourke. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yep. Yeah, he was like statistically Idiot. one of the worst pitchers in baseball and uh, I'm seeing a 6.8 ERA last year in 11 starts. Yeah. I don't have the full game number. I don't have the stats from the game he pitched in front of me, but I see he has a 15 ERA this year, which isn't good by my math. Right. So the team total on the Rangers was four and a half at plus one Oh seven. I think they had five by the third inning. Like it was now you remember. Well, (laughs) I I have so many bets that it's hard to keep track and we're four days in. Talk to me in July. I'm going to forget that. I won't even know what I'm, I'm giving up for a play two hours before. Well, that's exactly what people want to hear. So there you um, go. For, for today, the Brewers, first five against Adam Wainwright. A couple days ago, that was a great bet against Tanner Roar. All right. I'm probably going to bet that. Um, okay. So there you go. There's, there's three guys I've put on a list. Bumgarner, uh, Harvey, and Rourke. Rourke. Say it right. What is it? Tanner Roark. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, look Rourke. like 
Um, whatever. If you're on this list, you don't deserve to have your name pronounced right. There you go. Uh, <laughs> there's, um, oh man, there was, there was one more that I wanted to bring up, but it's probably going to come to me too late. Well, that's okay. Cause you can think about it while we're talking about the NBA and the absolute disaster that it has been since the all-star game. If you are on the Twitterverse, if you're in the Twitter world and you follow anybody that plays NBA, you've likely seen a couple of angry tweets about how the injury report has been an absolute disaster. Like, look, we get it. Teams are going to rest some of their starters already looking towards the playoffs. We get this all the time with the NBA, but it has been, I think you can agree worse than usual guys going from probable to out guys going from out to playing. It's been a complete disaster. And especially from a daily fantasy point, it's been almost impossible to make lineups that you feel good about until it actually locks. And those players are physically walking on the court to play. One good example, we just saw it last night, Kevin Durant making his long-awaited return. Hadn't seen him in game action until, uh, since February 13th, I think it was. His yep. status was changing, it almost felt like, by the minute. First, he was going to play. Then he was coming off the bench. Then we didn't even see him until the second quarter. Like, this is the stuff that is maddening and putting the NBA on people's lists for things they don't enjoy at the moment. How are you handling betting the NBA right now? Because for someone like me who doesn't, I am glad I'm not involved in this because this has been maddening. But this also has some advantages and disadvantages. Give them. Luke Weaver is the name I was thinking of. He's not on the oh. list yet, but we might put him there soon. Okay, He's on the so list. <laughs> the Kevin Durant thing is weird. That was like uh, warming up for the first time in two months. And yeah. like, I don't know, you cramp up or something and he came in late. I, I have no idea what happened there. But the NBA is, it's in, I would recommend not betting a game until 90 minutes before tip or less. Uh, we'll have content for you. But in like in my content, yeah. I'm specifically saying, you know, this is a game I'm thinking of betting tonight. This is These are the circumstances in which I will bet it. Uh, last night on Wednesday night, I had Hawks first half. John Morant wasn't supposed to play. He played Clint Capella winds up getting ruled out 90 minutes before tip off. They go up like 15 in the first quarter and then lose the half by five. Like that's a classic NBA, uh, swing and miss right now. Um, so the Hawks need to keep losing by the way. They're winning too much. Go ahead. They lost. I was, Oh, once they lost me that first half, I was happy for them to get smoked. Uh, yeah, because right. we, we are, we are on the under there. I am, I'm like triple quadruple dipped into the under there, but I have faith. Uh, so anyway, you, you can't do it. So here's yeah. how I'm betting the NBA. And it's the reason this is happening, by the way, is we remember all the postponed games in the first half of the season. Yeah. It was already a 72 game condensed season. There's just all these back to backs with COVID going on where teams just, throw guys on the injury report and they do it late. So, and it's not just, you know, we think the five thirty injury report in the East, those are for like seven o'clock games yeah. kind of. So like last night, the Hawks were playing at eight. So at about six 30 Capella got ruled out. So that's where I get that 90 minute number. I'm waiting until 90 minutes before tip to bet games. You might lose value, but I would rather take a team and say, okay, this is the spot that I want to bet on and lose a point. And have confidence like, okay, the guys I want on the floor are on the floor. We'll, we'll make that point up. I like this spot. 
rather than bet on it early to try and save that point. And the line goes three points the other way, four points the other way, because a very key player is ruled out. And even if you catch it in time, you got to hedge out of it, eat the juice. You're taking a small loss. So I'm waiting. It's 90 minutes before tip-off. I will not lock anything in before that. Hawks' first half on Wednesday was the the last straw, the last one. Um, So the other aspect of that is getting your hands on player props and getting your hands on them quickly. Uh, I was unable to get a Durant under, but as soon as we found out he was coming off the bench and then wound up not playing until the second quarter, like, wow, that's – talk about value. Um, right, right, you right. say a guy's not if you say a guy's not going to come into the game for 18 minutes you should probably play his <laughs> under um but so last night an example of a winner that i did have was bogdanovich on the hawks his over 23 and a half points rebounds assists it stayed up for about five minutes or so uh in order to get that in but you know we have no deandre hunter no cam reddish so he's been playing a really big role on the perimeter for the hawks he has some some really big like 40 50 drafting point games recently he's been a good dfs play if you're still grinding it out in nba dfs right now and uh he got there in the in the memphis blood i think he had he got to 16 or 18 combined in the first half and uh got us that he had a bad third quarter got us there in the fourth quarter once gallinari and capella were out he, I know he's a lot smaller than those other wings, but there's just nowhere else those minutes can can go. So you got to play smaller. He got his shots up. He got there. So those are my two NBA daily takeaways. We'll talk some futures in a second, but daily betting takeaways. I'm making. I'm holding myself to a rule. I will not be locking things in until 90 minutes uh, before tip for the most part. Um, and that goes for for player props. Like I tell people, people will tweet back at me all the time when I do a player prop it's not there 20 minutes later dude it's not there dude it's five points different I know it's gonna be there for five minutes you gotta take it right I don't know what that means how you want to do it um you know turn twitter alerts on at julian edlow if you would like if you want to make your own decisions at dk live turn the twitter alerts on you'll see the players out okay this is what I want to do and you got to go do it right away uh but that's how you have to do it and you have to be disciplined and wait to bet and NBA games really. No, I, I think Twitter alerts are, are super uh, important too, especially for a sport like the NBA. Like you're just saying, this news is going to come fast and furious. The books are going to react at the same level. So if you're trying to match some of those in, you got to turn Twitter alerts on because they're basically getting the news the same time as we are too, because you'll yeah. see, you know, a couple minutes uh, before something is reacted. Sometimes they're faster than others, but like those are super important too. Let's talk about the Nets again, because I know that you do like them betting some of their futures here. Um, They are the favorites to win the championship right now. Obviously, with the Lakers dealing with a lot of injuries, they fall into the second best odds. Lakers at plus 340. The Nets have moved to plus 260, kind of gathering all the leagues. Misfits, it feels like. Blake Griffin's on the team now. LaMarcus Aldridge's on the team now. They just got back Kevin Durant. They're getting healthy and all that. Conference winner. You're only getting even money on them on the conference, which I thought was a little bit surprising. Uh, the Bucks right behind them at plus 300, followed by the Sixers at 475. The one I wanted to kind of point out to you, which I thought was kind of, uh, you know, kind of gave me a pause here, was that, so the Nets are favorites to win the championship right now. But if you want them to win the division, they're only minus 150. Like, I feel like that should be a little bit higher for a team that's favored to win it all. 
to only be minus 150 to win the division and the 76ers are at even money right behind them? Does that kind of jump out to you at all? I was surprised that, again, for a team that is expected to win the championship, they're only minus 150 to come out of the division. So I think that's a little bit playing with fire because these are dealing with, if you bet to win the East and to win the championship, you're betting on playoff games. If you bet to win the division, you're betting on regular season games. And we don't know what's going to happen in these regular season games uh, in terms of playing time. We, I, the Nets were dominant last night over the Pelicans. That's the team that they can be. And that was with, you know, just Irving on the floor and a half a game of Durant and no Harden. So uh, the Nets should win the division, but Philly is probably going to try harder to win the division. It's probably more important to them to win the division. Whoever wins that division is the one seed in the East almost certainly also. Right. Uh, so it means more to Philly, I would say, whereas Brooklyn's just slapping guys together and whatever happens, happens. They'll be ready for the playoffs. Um, so I probably wouldn't bet on the division just in case the Nets keep resting guys uh, leading up to right. it. But I love the Nets at even money to win the East. Um, I have a lot of that. I have them at plus 135, plus 160, and even money with it still being at even money. That's the play I want to give right now. That's what I would go bet if I were you, if I'm betting something in the NBA futures market right now. They've played seven games with Harden, Irving, and Durant together. There's not many games left, and Harden's going to be reevaluated in like a week. By the time they get back on the floor, we're looking at like five, six, seven more games of those guys in the regular season. And then honestly, their last piece of putting it together is probably going to be whoever they get in the first round coming out of one of those East play-in rounds now. It's seven versus 10 and eight versus nine to get in. Um, Those are going to be like the last tune-up games for the Nets, honestly, Uh, just kind of playing with their food in the playoffs and they'll they'll get through. Um, before they have to play a Bucks, uh, Sixers, whoever they get along to. But when they have everything on the floor and Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge, who everybody says, quote-unquote, suck, but now they're your fourth, fifth, sixth best players, they're good in that role. When they get everything together, uh, they just all they have to do is try on defense and they will get out of the East. They just have to give effort on defense and they'll get out of the East because the, uh, they can score any time they want. They can give guys appropriate rest, even in playoff games, because you only need two of those guys on the floor at the same time. You like start the first six minutes of the game, maybe with all three, finish the last six minutes of the game with all three. You only need two. They'll be fine. I, the Sixers, the Bucks, I don't see them losing in the East, I think it's worth taking some of them to win it all because I, they're going to, they would be favored over the Lakers or whoever comes out of the West and they'll be more talented than whoever comes out of the West. So you can add that if you want. Uh, and one last note, I like, I have some Lakers plus 125 to win the West. I don't want to bet them to win the title. Uh, I, I think the Nets would get it from them this year, but I, I think now they're at plus 180, I think on DraftKings Sportsbook. To win the West, I think that's well worth it. Um, bet on them while the spotlight's off of them. Bet them, bet on them while people are down on them. LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't playing. Uh, right. LeBron will be back. He's shown throughout his entire career. He is made of steel. He is a robot. He will play every playoff game and play 40 minutes, and he'll be fine. Anthony Davis, a different story. We'll see if he can stay out there. Uh, hopefully he can. But 
there's good teams. We just saw a great game last night between the Suns and and the Jazz in the West. Uh, there's good teams that can challenge. Uh, Jokic is probably going to win MVP. Denver gave a good run in the West last year. When it comes down to it, I think getting that plus 180 on the Lakers just because LeBron and Anthony Davis are hurt now and they won't be hurt in the playoffs is, is good value. And I'm hoping we get that Brooklyn Lakers series because that's probably what everybody wants to see. LeBron versus Kyrie in the finals. LeBron versus Kevin Durant again in the finals, which we got Miami OKC years ago. Uh, but yeah, bet on, bet on the talent in the NBA. Lakers, decent bet. Nets to win it all. A little sprinkle there. Nets to win the East. Even money. That is the the bet that you want right now, in my opinion. One last note on the Lakers here, too, and I think it's somewhat interesting, is there's starting to be a really close gap between those five, six, and seven teams in the standings. The Lakers are fifth, but they've gone four and six over their last ten, while Portland and Dallas have gone six and four and seven and three, respectively. So now those three teams are within two and a half games of each other. So there could be some pretty significant movement in the standings from there. If the Lakers continue to fall, which is very, you know, could be likely because the Grizzlies are really kind of still, they're in the eighth spot right now, but they're 11 games out. So they're five games behind the Lakers. So it would really take the Grizzlies to start continuing to play well, which they are, by the way, four, four wins in a row as we record this. Um, the, Grizzlies some... are, the Grizzlies, by the way, are 10 and one against the spread in their last 11 games. Oh, wow. Okay. Quick NBA trend for you. Um, so is there some value to wait on this for the Lakers? Cause realistically they could be down in that seven spot, you know, within a couple of weeks, if this can, if this trend kind of continues here, that's a good point. You actually might be right about that. If the Lakers could move to plus 200 to win the West, if they keep going down, if there's a chance that they have to play in one of those play in rounds, that from an odds standpoint should drop them a lot. Uh, cause you have to play in an extra playoff round, which if LeBron and Anthony Davis play in, you'll be fine. They will win that. LeBron will not let them lose that. Right. Uh, so it just kind of, you know, it adds extra miles, extra stress for when the Western Conference Final does come uh, for guys like that. But I have no concern over the Lakers actually winning that round. Um, so, yeah, you know, it depends if LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to come back in time to help get the Lakers out of that playing round if they were to fall to it, or they're just going to drop into it and say, let's get healthy and trust ourselves to, to get out of that spot. But one way or another, yeah, this could get to plus 200 or better for the Lakers to win the West. And the haters say, I'm completely useless. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of Un the Unreasonable Odds podcast. We'll be back next week. Normal schedule now. We're going to be mixing in some guests here and there, but I'm back on the schedule. Happy to be, you know, joining my own podcast again. Happy Julian allowed me to come back after writing the ship, driving everything for the past month and a half, which I'm sure you did very well too. If you were following his and all of his guest plays, you made some money and now you can lose it all back with my MLB plays. For Julian <laughs> Edlow, I'm Steve Buchanan. We'll catch you next week.